Welcome, Internet, to the Pixel Play Podcast, your weekly podcast where we get together to discuss all the news, rumors, and discussions going on in the video game world. And is this another one of those doozy weeks, folks? I am one of your co-hosts, Kalen, a.k.a. Catastrophe, joined, as always, by my co-host, Adam, CS Radical. In this week's episode, we talk about Sony firing back at Microsoft with an acquisition of their own. We're going to be talking about the general state of third parties and if this is going to be the start of the mad dash to collect third parties while you can. And we're going to be coming to you guys with an untimely review of Guardians of the Galaxy. With that all said, ladies and gentlemen, if you are listening to us, we would greatly appreciate if you would subscribe, leave a review wherever you are listening or engaging with us. We appreciate it. We are trying to get to 100 subs and we would appreciate any help you guys can give us. With that out of the way, let's jump right into it. Adam, how are you doing? Uh, I feel poor. Why is that? Because apparently uh, a lot of things are worth billions of dollars. And I'm sitting here with my couple grand in my bank account being like, well, I can't afford Microsoft yet. I guess I'm working on it. I'm just waiting until we we get an offer to get bought out for billions of dollars. I mean, shit, if we get bought out for a couple hundred thousand, I take it. Actually, a couple hundred thousand. Don't tilt the hand, Adam. Don't tilt our hand. I'll take a bribe of of $6,900. Don't tilt our hand. That's not how we negotiate. I'm starting high. Are you kidding me? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this week, Sony is firing back at Microsoft. So if you recall last week, Microsoft purchased Activision and Sony said, hold my beer. And they went for Bungie. Yes, they said, if you take Crash Bandicoot from us, we are taking Halo from you. And so they went for Bungie. So now we're in this real weird world where technically they own the people who made Halo and Microsoft owns the people who still make Ratchet or who still make Crash Bandicoot. It's a weird dynamic. Everything's getting shuffled around. But yes, ladies and gentlemen, as I as you probably heard this week, or wow, Sony is buying Bungie Studios. So I've got an article here from this is coming from IGN by Matt Kim. So Sony Interactive Entertainment has announced it will acquire the Destiny developer Bungie for $3.6 billion. Game Industry Biz reports that the following deal, Bungie will be run as an independent subsidiary of SIE and will remain a multi-platform studio with the option to self-publish and reach players where they choose. Bungie is best known for the creators of Halo, but since but since becoming an independent studio, have focused their efforts on Destiny, a live-service FPS RPG where players can explore the galaxy as Guardians of Light. The company is also working on a new IP. Um, from the PlayStation blog, Jim Ryan began by confirming Bungie's independence. I want to be very clear to the community that Bungie will remain an independent and multi-platform studio and publisher. Ryan also said that Bungie will sit alongside the PlayStation Studio organization where the two groups will collaborate. They go on to say, we've had a strong partnership with Bungie since the inception of the Destiny franchise, and I couldn't be more thrilled to officially welcome to the studio to the PlayStation family. Uh, In a separate blog post, Bungie detailed what the acquisition means for the company, calling SIE a partner who unconditionally supports us in all we are and who we want to accelerate our vision to create a generation-spanning entertainment, all while preserving the creative independent that beats in Bungie's heart. Um, Adam, what do you make of this? Is this a a good move for Sony? What do you think Sony is going to do with Bungie? Well... Before I go on my massive rant about how I hate the fact that there is an arms race right now, um, it's an interesting deal to say the least. I mean, the price tag for some seems a bit high, but 
I think most people are thinking in terms of it's a company that makes one game, so of course they don't think it's worth anything, which is interesting. I, I love how over the course of the last couple of days, well, I guess, yeah, like a couple of days is literal, actually, um, that everybody suddenly is an expert on how to value a billion, multi-billion dollar company. I, I love how everybody's like, hey, you know, that's that's kind of expensive for that. And then there's a bunch of Xbox fans that are going, oh man, we got Bethesda for a steal then. And it's like, we all make thousands of dollars at our jobs and we're trying to figure what billion dollar companies are worth. Let's take a step back here. And also we're not businessmen, so can we stop caring about that part of it? This has nothing to do. You shouldn't care about a billion dollar company having a deal. Like you shouldn't be happy about that. You should be happy that you have games coming. That's it. Don't don't worry about the business stuff. So if you're asking me then, all that crap aside, you know, is this good for Sony or is this like even good for Bungie? I mean, I think the answer to all those questions is probably yes. I mean, from the history that Bungie has had, for those who aren't too aware, um, Bungie got out of Sony. Bungie also got away from Activision Blizzard as well. So uh, I guess I guess they dodged a bullet uh, uh, going back to Microsoft potentially if they were still under the Activision banner. So that's that's a I guess a lucky <laughs> break for them. So it seems like they've had a rough run of a couple of publishers they've had before. And it sounds from all intents and purposes that we've had since they've become more of an independent studio that Sony has been like their best buds. And who knows, maybe it's the broken X syndrome with them. But I mean, as it stands, it seems like they've had a very good relationship. And it sounds like, you know, considering how I'm sure at some point there were other conversations with other companies about, hey, well, you just got free of Activision. Hey, you want you want some money to come over to the dark side? I'm sure nobody else was ever giving them the idea but I mean, they said yes to Sony, so you got to wonder if there's some sort of a relationship there or at least whatever's written into the contracts that we'll never see gives them at least, you know, a little bit of confidence in that it's not going to be a studio with, you know, an iron fist underneath them or over top of them, I should say. Jeez, that analogy yeah. didn't work. <laughs> but um, I, I get the feeling that Bungie's going into this thinking, okay, they're going to let us be us and all accounts that we've heard from Sony thus far sounds like they're going to let Bungie just continue to be themselves. And it even sounds beyond that, like Bungie might be a key part of their team in terms of how they reach out to other devs and help them. Because, I mean, I'll go out here on a real limb and saying I think Bungie is the kings of FPS, even though everybody will assume Activision. But I don't I have a hard time giving props to a company that usually copy and paste their games these days. I feel like Bungie, with if you've paid attention to how Destiny and Destiny 2 have evolved with the amount of different things they've added in, they seem to do a pretty good job of making a first-person game feel like not the same first-person game you've been playing the past year. So I feel like there's a lot of opportunities here. And despite my unwillingness to be happy about another billion-dollar company being sold to another billion-dollar company, I, I think it's going to be a decent fit. It's just a matter of what is that fit going to look like, which is something we aren't really going to know for a while. Yeah, a couple things that you, you touched on. I think I think that idea of them being you know sort of independent and being this like first party that's at arm's length, I think that's probably a negotiation fact on Bungie's part. I think them coming from Microsoft and breaking away from Microsoft, going to Activision, breaking off from Microsoft, sorry, breaking off from Activision, like they have been under someone for their most of their, I'd say their significant career since since Halo came out. Like they they've always sort of been at someone's beckon and i think they don't want to give up that independence and i think probably there was a negotiation perspective that if we are going to do this we do want to have some independence 
um, because I can't think of another situation that Sony has where they have a, a first party studio that is free to do what they want in this way. I think it makes sense for why Sony wants to do it. They're probably starting to get concerned that Microsoft is going on a spending spree. And what this does, this at least plants their flag into Bungie and saying, hey, this is ours. You know, Microsoft can't take it. But, you know, we have we're not they're not ours at the moment, but like they can easily slowly bring them in uh, and reel them in if they have to or if it becomes that. But I think PlayStation needs Bungie. Like you said, they are an innovator. They are a powerhouse when it comes to FPS games. And I think that's something that Sony kind of lacks right now. If you think about it, Gorilla's off making Horizon. Insomniac is out making Spider-Man and Ratchet and Clank. Like they don't really have a first-person shooter studio anymore. At least so, that we know of, because we know like Deviant Games, who are ex uh, Call of Duty devs, like they may yeah. be working on something. And like you said oh, in, in, in the report, Bungie's got a new IP, so who knows? Maybe that's something that they're helping with. And again, it gives them, you know, it gives them more options. Like we were talking. I think it might have been last show about how maybe Killzone needs to come back. And and that's that was going to lead into my next question. So I'm just going to wrap up here. I think you're totally right. Like, this is not to say that they are the only first person studio, but Bungie has some, some you know, heft to it. Like you said, Call of Duty is the is the number one selling first person shooter. But I think it's a lot easier to appeal to someone saying, hey, you're a special ops person. Go shoot other military personnel versus, hey, you're a wizard from the moon. Like, go fight like this alien stuff. Like, it doesn't resonate with a general population as much as Call of Duty is. But I think they're it, like people who know games and who follow games like Bungie is a powerhouse. And in uh, fact, uh, Bungie is getting better. Like their their uh, new expansion, the Witch Queen, is apparently mm-hmm. going to be their biggest expansion yet in terms of people that are already pre-ordered. So mm-hmm. they're definitely on the up and up. Like a lot of people have been souring on them a bit. Like I I burnt myself out of Destiny and Destiny 2, mm-hmm. but I also put like 3,000 hours into those games. So I think being burnt out is is pretty fair to happen after about that much time. But like yeah. that community, like I think I mentioned, I might've mentioned we were talking about the Game Awards either uh this year maybe last year stuff like bungie is a fantastic dev in terms of how they handle their community and my community is very in love with these guys you know even though there are a lot of things that they still don't understand like there are a bunch of things that still should be fixed in the game you know i got friends to keep up with it that are still in it from the very beginning and you know they'll say the same things look there's a lot of shit wrong with this stuff but man like when it, a new expansion comes out they, they fix a lot of stuff they address a lot of stuff they may add another problem in there but they will listen they will fix it and they are pretty transparent you know yeah. they, it's not like you know the usual thing where like i don't know cg project red just kind of you know just says we're sorry and then we don't really see stuff for a while or in the case of say like battlefield 2042 recently there's a lot of examples of devs that you know they make their mistakes and then they quietly fix them and don't really do much to get the the community off their back whereas bungie seemingly has a track record that's very good and you know like i said earlier you know their expertise in fps games are going to help i think also just having a dev that is really good at showing what, you know, how you're supposed to handle, like, you know, a launch that wasn't as as good as it went to, like maybe a botch, something like, it's always good for other devs to have something else to look at and be like, oh, that's how you handle things and look at the reward they got for it. And if you're under Sony's banner and you're seeing not only the quality that all these devs seem to pump out, but then you get, you know, just the amount of devs that just listen to their customer base so well, it just, it, it's, it's like, you know, a really a not toxic workplace. Like you just happened. Everybody seems to kind of follow suit. Yeah. And I think one of the things that you're not, you, you kind of mentioned on, but something that Sony probably benefits from as well is that 
in in an industry where live service games are drying up on the grapevine and stuff, you know, something has to be said for the fact that Destiny is what ten years now, almost Let eight me years. Double check that. I don't think it's been that long, but it's it's been it somewhere started around like the, seven to eight years. I want to say it started the PS4, if I remember. Let's see, Destiny original video game. Uh, looks like 2014. So yeah, about seven eight years. Yeah, so I mean, there's something to be said that they have a live service game that is running. And now, granted, I know there's iterations and all that stuff, but I mean, for for an industry where a lot of live service games really struggle and have to go free to play, it's kind of impressive that they haven't done that. So, like, that is another cap to Sony of something that they can benefit from. Yeah, 100%. Um, so we we kind of alluded to it, and I and I think we're in agreement. But like, what do you think? What do you think Sony wants to do with Bungie? What do you think they're kind of hoping for? It's hard to say right now. I mean, again, like off the news, like I just mentioned of Witch Queen being their biggest expansion yet in terms of Hmm. pre-orders. I think that, I don't think there's any one reason. I think it's honestly like Bungie's a really good dev. So it's good to have in no matter what the scenario is. Hmm. On top of that, I I think there might, I was about to say there might be a bit of of a reaction phase from the Activision thing, but apparently this deal has been going for like in conversations for like six months. So this is prior mm-hmm. to any news of the Activision stuff. I trying to think like how long ago is this six might months? be a reaction to is this predated because this because this could be following up to Bethesda, perhaps. Yeah, I'm checking right now. So go ahead. So like it could be a follow up, but uh, I, I don't know if that's accurate to say. And again, it's just speculation at this point. My honest opinion, just based on my experience with Bungie, is you look at Sony's library right now, the one thing that they're truly missing from the lot from all the games that they publish is a good, strong first-person shooter. They have all the open-world games down. They have the action-adventure games down. You have your sports game down with San Diego Studios doing uh, the MLB games. Like You have a pretty wide spectrum of stuff. I think the one thing that they're missing is, I mean, for lack of a better word, uh, the bro dude shooter game. And Bungie's pretty goddamn good at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, just a heads up. It's been over, been well over a year. It's been almost, it's been almost a year since the deal closed, which was March, March 9th. Uh, initial news reports came out September 21st. That well, Microsoft was I feel old already. So. Yeah. The time has been weird since the pandemic started. Yeah, yeah, you know. It's- See, I think I think what Sony would benefit from is like giving Bethesda one of their IPs that are kind of dried out a little bit. So, you know, whether that is giving them resistance, whether that's giving them kills. You mean giving Bungie, you said. Uh, you said oh, Bethesda. I'm sorry. What did I say? <laughs> I was about to say, I'm like, where are you going with this? What did you what did I say? You said Bethesda. Oh, my apologies. Cut on my screen <laughs> I'm like, here. wait a no, minute. Uh, so giving giving Bungie like one of their old IPs to kind of revamp in, in into a shooter like I'd. Like you could go SOCOM, you could go uh well I guess SOCOM's more third person, but you could use, you know, Killzone, you could use even bring Mag back. Killzone would work for them, waste. honestly, based on what they're doing honestly, right now with, with, with Destiny. I would love to see a Killzone done by Bungie. Um, which would be ironic because he- Killzone was supposed to be the Halo killer. So I mean, if Bungie's I'm gonna be completely honest, I'd rather them just do something new because I'd like to see what happens when Bungie really spreads their wings again. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, Destiny came out of them getting to spread their wings a bit. I love to see what happens when they spread it again. Because yeah. every time they come up with something new, it's just ridiculous. Like, the first time we saw Halo, it amazed us. The first time I laid eyes on Destiny, I wanted it so bad. And I played it at launch. And granted, it was pretty rough around the edges. But, man, the concept and the ideas were so good. And then once they ironed out the kinks in the first couple of months, and especially when that first DLC hit, that first expansion, we got a sense of, okay... 
this is something really massive. Like this is all, this is exactly what we were hoping for. And yeah. if we get a chance now to see it a third time, I I am more than okay with this because that track record is real good. I I completely agree. I think as much as I'd love to see a, a Killzone game being made or something, I think that's a waste of Bungie, and I think it's a waste of what they want to do. They're not giving up their independence just to okay now here go make these properties that you guys have nothing to do. I think Bungie probably wants to have that creative freedom for them to go out and. Uh, build their own thing so i think yeah we're probably gonna see a, a new ip bungie for sony that you know will be now what do you think of this idea like it being multi-platform like what do you think the benefit is for sony in doing this like we kind of talked about it a little bit but do you think that do you like is this going to move the needle at all by having them as being a open platform independent publisher kind of like publish whatever the heck they want I think it gives them goodwill immediately. And again, like mm-hmm. we're also speculating that it's going to stay this way. We have no mm-hmm. idea. I mean, for all we know, Destiny 3 is now suddenly going to become a Sony exclusive and we don't know. Mm-hmm. But I mean, as it stands right now, it makes no sense to suddenly change your mind on this. I mean, it's a free-to-play game. It's available on pretty much every device possible that isn't Nintendo Switch, realistically. So it would be foolish to pull it. So there's no, it makes no sense to do that either. You know, it lends credence to the idea that, like, maybe a new IP could be exclusive to PlayStation, but at the same time, if they were just to decide, hey, we're going to start buying studios, but we want you to keep releasing everybody like you're doing, I think it's their way of saying, like, look, we're going to get the lion's share of the profits anyway, and again, like, we're, we just want people to know that, like, we're the home of the best games on the system, because, look, if Bungie is one of the kings of first-person shooters, even if you don't exclusively own their games you see that sony banner at the top of a destiny 3 game when you're uploading when you're uh opening that stuff up you know okay sony's the home for good stuff you suddenly mm-hmm. will get that brand in your head and long enough to be like damn i really should get a playstation 2 because or not sorry a playstation 5 playstation I meant as the well T-O-O 2 <laughs> i should get a playstation as well thank you because you know they probably optimize it better for these guys anyway because they're, it's friggin' under their banner. They know exactly what the system's running. And who yeah, knows? Like, I, mean, I would imagine there's still going to be like exclusive things in the game to yeah. them. Like, there's going to be some sort of incentive to, to get it on PS5 or PS4 for that matter. But I mean, it sounds to me like they, at this point in time, they just want the developer to keep doing what they're doing because it's working, which, you know, we've heard from Microsoft and their various deals that, you know, they don't plan to just immediately exclusive everything, which... I'm sure I, I, I'm going to have be a little suspect in believing billion-dollar corporations about what they're going to say and what they do, but I'll take them at their word for now, but I'm going to leave that hole open just in case. Mm-hmm. So, like, yeah. as right now, you know, everything looks good to me. Like, if if Destiny is never going to be on a different plat or on one platform, fine. That's perfectly fine by me. But again, like I said, you know, it's we're talking about billion-dollar corporations that... If they're if they think it's going to hurt their bottom line to do something over another, they're going to do the other thing. Like it's just that's just how it's going to work as a business. So for now, it might be all goodwill. We don't know if that'll stay that way. But for now, it it seems like a decent match. Yeah, and I think I think there's something to be said. Like like we talked about, there's going to be that you know timed exclusive probably. But you know what? I don't think Sony cares where they're getting their dollars from. If they're if an Xbox player is paying them that eighty bucks for a game because it's not on Game Pass. I don't think Sony cares. Make up the money that way. Like, and maybe they won't care either when most people are getting a PS5 anyway because they really want to play Uncharted 5. Exactly, you, right? You know, so, so like, the, 
the Sony the Sony owners will buy the game, play it there, and then those who don't have a PlayStation, they're still making money on those. And this is something that with those exclusives, like consoles are not where you make those. Like you don't make money on consoles; those are lost leaders. You you sell those at cost or below cost, unless you're Nintendo, and then you make up the money on the games. So if you're able to make a profit on a game without having to sell a console at loss, that might that that's a revenue that you may not have anyways, right? I'm not buying an Xbox at any time soon. I just don't have the time to dedicate to two consoles. But if, if an Xbox game to, came to PlayStation, I'm not going to buy an Xbox for just one or two exclusives. But if it came to PlayStation, I might, you know, go and buy it. And that's probably might be something that Sony's looking at. And to be honest, we don't know. Maybe Xbox is doing that too, where it's going to be, yeah, we're just going to use these as revenue streams for us. You know, we're, we're a little bit of money that we're not getting from the other consoles player base we can now get some of it versus none of it yeah it could just be a case where in, in both develop like bethesda they're thinking okay that's going to be like our one of our flagships but maybe activision they go well that's where we're going to make all our money so that we can do a couple of exclusive contracts like who knows mm-hmm. maybe for sony bungie is going to be okay here's where a lot of our extra money is going to be made you know just getting from every sort of device but then we're going to pull people into our console with say santa monica and and other studios but if we get to the point where there is no if we get to a point where there's few if any and i know it's never going to be none but if we get to the point where there is minimal third party publishers and it's all done through first party then there's no incentive to to go one console or another because it just gets to the point where you know if i'm buying a microsoft game on xbox it's not like there's this way where you're battling for this middle ground between that you're trying to get the player base. You have your camp, they have theirs, and it doesn't matter where those games get played. And it may it may get to a point too that it may not even matter whether you have the console or not, because as we've discussed before, I mean, who knows? Microsoft may even be leading a direction where the console's not even the incentive anymore. Maybe, you know, you do go with the TV stick that they they might still be putting out there. And even the possibility of like, hey, like we don't really feel like spending the money on building consoles anymore. Like, hey, like Sony, you want to take our service? Like there's all there's so many weird possibilities that we just they seem like pipe dreams now. But I mean, I'm sure pipe dreams that we had, like who thought five years ago that Bethesda, uh, Activision, Bungie, like all these companies would be owned by basically the two big console manufacturers. It's it's I, you can't, you almost can't rule anything out. I mean, there's some things you can probably rule out. Like, I don't think Nintendo's going anywhere. I don't think Nintendo's going to buy anybody in these arms races. But like, there's a Sony lot of things and Microsoft, now that just don't. Sony seem crazy and Microsoft anymore. are in the schoolyard throwing punches and like kicking and screaming with each other. And Nintendo's just you know picking flowers out in the schoolyard. They're doing their own thing. I want to bring in a, a second argument that we had because we were kind of leaning into this, but I think this is a great way to segue in. Um, so this is a article coming from Logan uh, Plant at. IGN as well. PlayStation CEO Jim Ryan says more acquisitions are on the way following Bungie deal. So, uh, in a the sorry, he wrote um, with regard to buying Sony Destiny developer for 3.6. We should expect more when it comes to further PlayStation acquisitions, according to Jim Ryan. In the full GameIndustry.biz interview with Ryan and Bungie CEO Pete Parson, which was published uh, after Drink's tweets. Uh, Ryan said that Sony has many more moves to make, and he also talked about Sony's ambition to grow its live service and grow beyond PlayStation's historic console heartland. I've been ex- been on the record talking about increasing the size of PlayStation community and expanding beyond our historic console heartland. This can take many forms, Ryan said. We are starting to go multi-platform. You've seen that. We have an aggressive roadmap with live services and the opportunity to work with and particularly learn from the brilliant and talented people from Bungie. That is going to be a considerably, ex- that it's going to considerably accelerate the journey we find ourselves in. 
So clearly it's a situation where PlayStation is looking to, you know, change what the roadmap is. And we talked about those live services, but I wanted to kind of expand this now and kind of talk to you about what do you think, like, are we at the beginning of an arms race uh, of third party consoles? You know, Sony's talking that they have more things planned. We've got um, Jeff Keighley on Twitter saying that he's heard that from multiple people. Uh, there are other, a few other big video game deals in the final stages of negotiations. It's going to be an interesting year. Heck, even EA in their financials said um, that they're looking to do more. They're open to doing more acquisitions. Uh, so this is coming from uh, MP First, uh, according to Alex Coe. We're not ready to give, and this is coming from their chief financial officer, Blake Jorgensen. He wrote, we're not ready to give guidance, which uh, we normally don't do at this time of year, but we did give hints. The key to driving growth are obviously core portfolio, things like FIFA and live services associated with it, Madden, hockey and, other, hockey and other sports. Apex Legends obviously continue to evolve and show amazing growth. We will have an Apex Legend mobile game in the market, and we don't know uh, when that'll be. Uh, and he's just talking here. Um, need for speed games and there are three other more things that are announced but as you can imagine we are always trying to find new ways to grow the portfolio year over year through new titles new ip and expansions as well acquisitions which right now we are in the digest mode but it doesn't mean we won't keep looking at everything going forward so adam is this the start of a arms race or you know mad scramble to pick up all of the third parties that are existing do you think that this is the start or is this going to get towards the end I don't know if it means all of them, but I think we're in a bit of a mini gold rush at this point. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, we've already seen two major sales from from Microsoft's perspective, and Sony's now done one, and it sounds like there's another coming. I mean, there's no buts about it. This has never really happened before to this, to mm -hmm. like this degree. So yeah, the answer is yes, but the matter is, I mean, the question really is, okay, how much more? And I mean, as it's as we understand it, the FTC is looking into the Activision acquisition right now. So Microsoft's kind of put on a hold, regardless of whether they want to or not. Now, that's that's let's be honest. That's probably more of a formality than. Anything oh, yeah. Else. But I mean, it is like a major, major company. Like we didn't hear this happening with the Bethesda one. So, so you, True. You, would, you would argue that this one's definitely a bigger deal. Um, yeah, I think I mean, I again, it was honest, almost 70 billion dollars. So I think it would be. Yeah, it's a little bit more on their radar. One of the things I was going to say is that I think. We are probably in the final stages of the first stage, if that makes sense. You know, a lot of these things were being done. We probably like, you know, we as general consumers didn't know about this, but a lot of, you know, the, the inside people probably did. But what's happening is that you are having these companies that, like you said, were in sort of an unprecedented gobbling up of third party studios that what happens is that each time these studios get bought that raises the benchmark so now that the benchmark has been set that activision was worth 70 billion you know ubisoft is going to now be worth more in terms of like how much they're willing to hold out to sell for so i think with each sale it gets more and more pricey and as there's fewer and fewer publishers and developers on the market the price goes up as well that it'll get to a point where it is not worthwhile to do but i think we're going to be in like for the next little while we're going to be hearing of these deals that have been finalizing I mean, it almost feels like as Canadians, you know, we know that, you know, when when like the trade deadline for for the hockey season is coming up or when free agent frenzy is happening, there's the big show of like, well, this person got sold. So now we got to start looking at this as being the benchmark and everything. Mm -hmm. It feels the exact same way. And I mean, look, no company is going to make is going to demand the same kind of money that that Activision Blizzard does. I have a really hard time seeing it. I mean, maybe yeah, e, no. maybe EA's got a chance of like getting some sort of like heavy value, but like. 
I, I don't think we're going to be sitting here and looking at another $50 billion deal again. I think what we saw with Activision Blizzard was a bit of an anomaly. I think I think Activision was a situation that it was just a combination of Microsoft had the money and Activision was in a bad spot. And I'm not trying to say that Ubisoft or anything is going to go for that amount. Yeah, I could see maybe. Same with like Take-Two maybe. Um, just because of like with Rockstar and stuff. But what I'm saying is that with each of these purchases, there's now fewer on the market. And the, the historics, it's kind of like the housing prices here. Like there's there's a lack of supply. And I know this is like a separate thing, but like there's a lack of supply and it's setting precedent each time of like how much they're worth, right? So if Activision is worth that much, how much is EA worth? How much is Ubisoft worth, right? I mean, you say they're different, but I can't afford either. So what's the difference to me? <laughs> Fair enough. Um, so, But no, like I, I, I think at some point though, like, you can't like I, I can't imagine a business suddenly going, oh, you paid these guys four billion dollars. Well, we're going to need at least that kind of amount before we even start talking to people. I, I don't know if you're going to get to that point, because, again, we're not professional uh, company evaluators. I'm sure that that, you know, Microsoft and Sony have a lawyer team that can get together and be like, no, you idiots are worth this much. This is how much we're willing to pay you. Take it or fucking leave it. Uh, you know, I'm I'm sure there is. There's going to be something in there that's going to like, it's not going to be like, you know, okay, we're going to, we're going to offer you this much more than the, like, I can't imagine there's going to be a point where like Microsoft and Sony are having a bidding war over Square Enix or anything, you know, like it's going to get to a point where it's like, well, you guys are only worth this much. We're not giving you 15 million or $15 billion. Like, come on. I think at some point it's just going to be like, it really will come down to relationships too, because I can't imagine every company is just going to be like, "Oh, you're going to offer me two million, two billion over the other person." Sure, I, I, I don't know. I think there's a lot more to it than than we can even expect. Speculation is really just kind of all we can do. Oh yeah, well that's all this what this is. That's all we do. Um, but with that logic being that we are, you know, in this realm of, you know, acquisitions, I thought it'd be a fun little exercise uh to go through and kind of look at some of the big developers big publishers and kind of talk about you know based on their portfolio who of the two sony or microsoft might be trying to gun for it and if we think it's going to happen so you know like your parents fighting over like two divorcing parents fighting over which who gets which kids because i think that's how divorce works we're going to go through and look at some of the third parties and see which ones they might be going with uh so Adam, you kind of went through and you got us a list of some big publishers, some big developers. Um, I thought maybe we can kind of go through that and we can kind of talk about, based on their portfolio, who that might fit best with. How does that sound to you? Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Let's jump into it. Um, I'm just going to go down the list, as you said, and you can kind of, if you have, you know, strong thoughts, if you want to talk about it, like, I think we could either just do real quick, who do you think it's going to go with or who might want them more? So uh, first one, Bandai Namco. So uh Games made by Bandai Namco. These would be things like Ace Combat. Uh, this would be Tales of Arise, Scarlet Nexus, Dragon Ball Z Fighter. It looks like they're also the the publisher for Elden Ring. Tekken. These are the ones that are coming up here. Where do you think this one goes? Who do you think wants this one more? I mean, most of the Japanese ones, I'm going to default to Sony just because, again, the relationship. I did mention, if, uh, not sure when specifically. It probably was right around the same time of the uh, the Activision one. Japanese devs just I I really don't feel like Microsoft has a has much of a shot at any major Japanese developer. So I feel like most of them are going to default to Sony anyway. Even Nintendo might have a better shot at some of these companies than even Microsoft would. So like I 
between the two, I'd, I'd have to go with with Sony on this one. And it would make more sense, too, based on the kind of games that they make to begin with. Yeah, I think. Well, one thing I read that was interesting that apparently in Japan, uh, if a like non-Japanese company tries to acquire, I think it's more than 10 percent of it. Uh, it has to just get vetted or goes through review by the government or something. So it just poses a huge headache for for Microsoft if they try and go through. Yeah, it's, so I think it's got to be really worth their time. Exactly. And I don't know if necessarily Bandai Namco is the one that they go for. And um, honestly, I don't even think that if, if I really had to pick one, I go with neither because I think Bandai Namco just likes being the one that just shoots everywhere. Yeah, I think neither Bandai Namco, I don't think is one that's on either of their radars a lot. I mean, there's right. not really that standalone game that like makes you think, oh man, we, we would love that. Like, sure, Tekken, Soul Calibur, like there's some good ones in there, but I don't think there's one that you would be like, oh man, like we could carry our brand with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, next one is Capcom. So some of the ones that, you know, they might be, you might know them for Monster Hunter, Resident Evil, Street Fighter. Uh, those are some of the big ones there. Also, you know, you've got some of the older classic ones as well. Uh, I think for this one, I think this if Microsoft were to go for a Japanese company, this might be the one that they go for. Um, I think Resident Evil, you know, would appeal to their, you know, Western audiences a little bit more. I know PlayStation has a big one as well, but I think this is the one that skirts the line that appeals to both, you know, Western and, and Asian markets a little bit. And I think that's something that Microsoft doesn't have. And I think if they want to grow and get a little bit bigger, they need to start having a... um a more diverse portfolio. And I think this would be one that kind of bridges the gap and kind of is universally um, appealing. I'm going to go out on a limb here. And the one that, you know, everybody's been talking about, Oh, Sony's got one more in the pipeline. I think it might be them. You think it's Capcom. I think it might be them. Now this doesn't mean exclusivity. Oh, you're thinking more along the bungee lines. Yes. Because honestly, I would be very like shocked if, they made ever like there may, there may be a couple things they could make exclusive, but like Monster Hunter has been a staple on Nintendo consoles, so I can't imagine that going anywhere. So like, yeah, that's that's I, what I, prevents me from saying that. I I get the instinct though that like, well, I think it's one of two companies. Like honestly, if I'm gonna jump ahead here, I think it's either Capcom or Square. I think it's one of the two. I don't. I can't mm-hmm. imagine it being another any other company right now. It just doesn't. It doesn't make a lot of sense. I mean, there might be one that I'm maybe just like completely bypassing, but like between. All the one, all the major ones that are left. If it is a big acquisition, likes being talked about, these are the two that make sense. And I think if you really want like real flagship games, like as much as I love Square, they ain't doing it as well as Capcom is right now. And I think if you really want to get ahead of the game, you get Capcom because they're just firing in all cylinders right now. Yeah, and that's I think one of the issues is that because they fire, they are firing on all cylinders. Like you're paying a premium versus something like Activision right now. But you look at the kind of games that they're running right now; it might be worth the premium. That's true. Speaking of things that are not running on all cylinders, CD Projekt Red. Honestly, I think this is one that gets bought up by the end of the year. I uh, and I, I, th- I feel the same way, and I think Microsoft is gunning hard. You think it's Microsoft that's going to go I for do, it? Yeah, yeah, I can I, see that. If, I feel like based on the kind of clientele that that Cyberpunk game has got, it it fits perfectly with their with their clientele already. Especially when you have Activision on your side with Call of Duty, I feel like that's well, not only that fit for them but- and Bethesda for no. Microsoft though, Microsoft also had that Cyberpunk exclusive skinned Yeah, the Xbox. You know, Xbox, right? Yeah. So there already is a kind of, a kind of in the door potentially. There, yeah. Um Yeah, that, that I, that's I, think, I think I think you're onto something with that too. 
that mm-hmm. would make me real sad because the next broken CD Projekt Red game is not gonna is not gonna be on PlayStation consoles anymore. But honestly, it's killing me. Like I'm the, like pretty much one of the five people that are talking about how good Cyberpunk is, and one day I am gonna be vindicated that people are gonna be like, "Holy crap, that's a great game." And it's not going to be on PlayStation. They're going to buy CD Projekt Red and say, sorry, guys, actually, it's never coming to PlayStation 5, the next gen version. So <laughs> so for the well, rest of for the rest of Kingdom Come, I'm going to sit here on this podcast and be like, I never played the best version. I never <laughs> will play this game. It's always going to be terrible in my eyes. And you know what? I think for CD Projekt Red, like they are as much as they are starting to get into consoles, they are a they have their origins in PC gaming. And that kind of lends well with um microsoft yeah 100 it th- that's a pretty easy match to make yeah so you heard it here folks you heard it here first ea uh so ea i don't think i need to really kind of go over the games that ea is known for uh you got your star your star wars games you got respawn um you've got you know there's a ton of there so titanfall adam where does this one go i don't think it goes anywhere they're making way no. too much money with hand over fist just in FIFA Ultimate Team. I don't think they give a shit about what anybody's offering them. Yeah, I mean, I I can see them. I can see them selling like selling off part of it. Like I can see them selling Bioware. They might, yeah, they might sell somebody like in their in their actual studio list. But I can't imagine EA being like, yeah, sure. I I, I don't see Andrew Wilson suddenly being like, you know what? I'm tired of making all this money by doing fuck all. I have enough money, thank you. He can make, he's literally doing fuck all anyway. Why does he need to sell the company? He's, he can literally is just sitting at a desk being like, keep keep putting more microtransactions in our games. And they're like, yes, sir. And he yes, makes sir. billions of fucking dollars. Like, what's the difference? Yeah. No, I don't think EA's first sale. I, I think if you if anything, choose- I think I think there's credence to EA buying more studios and we'll probably get to one of them in a minute. Yeah. Um, speaking of just selling off part of it, I'm going to say Konami. I'm thinking this is one that PlayStation is probably gunning hard for. Konami is not for sale. Konami, you know, if you are, you know, Konami is a huge beyond gaming. Like they make, they have massive, massive portfolios in terms of diversification. Sure. They don't make a lot of games anymore. They make the pachinko games. But I think if Konami was going to sell, they are going to sell the rights and the IP that they have. That's what I was just going to say. Like if anything, they're going to, they're going to buy the rights to to, to their IP. I think. And I can just imagine sony just you know frothing at the mouth to just purchase the metal gear franchise like and just hand it over to the to their studios that have been remaking games anyway and be like do it do it now we need this metal gear one and two remake do go 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 if, go, go, go. if i was sony i would buy the rights to metal gear i would say great send it off to you know whoever you want to send it to i'm trying to, to think what studio remaster. they bought that was actually like rumored to be working on one and i can't think of the name of them right now is it blue box that might yeah you know what that might have been it yeah so like get them to work on um get them to work on like remaster re- not even remaster remake metal gear solid the original but then you call kojima up on the line and say hey by the way do you want to see your child again and you just no 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 no, no 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 you go back and be like so we finally got silent hill back you want to actually you want to call norman reedus and try to do it again <laughs> i don't know what do you think you'd go for do you think you'd go for a silent hill game no i think you'd want to have you seen death stranding i think he wants to go full on full on like super horror weird i think i think he's salivating at getting getting his chance to do that again yeah i think honestly if i was that i'd get the metal gear i'd get silent i almost feel like he might not want to have anything to do with it anymore it might it might bring a bad blood and he's just like nah, i don't care anymore i think if they said to him hey here here's the franchise make the game you want to make i think he'd go for it well i i guess if you give him full creative license i mean 
he might do it, but then you also might have to call it Metal Gear 6. Uh, this might... Metal Gear 6, we're not sure if this is actually a Metal Gear game, but just play it because it's Kojima. <laughs> Metal Gear Solid 6, we're lost too. <laughs> <laughs> so I think I think that... I Do you disagree? Do you think that this is what Sony's... It, it would be, it would be something for Sony to take a look at more than anybody. Yeah, yeah for sure. All right. Uh, next you have on the list is Sega. Same deal. Just you, you shoot Sony first. It's again the the Jap the Japan connection. It just makes no sense otherwise. I'm just I'm also Yakuza. At it. Like man, that that was a, such a Sony brand for such a long time. I would kill to lose that. I would hate to lose that. I'm just I'm looking here real quick on like the games that they've published and like there's Sonic, which you know I think runs more on nostalgia than anything. Yeah, I was Yakuza, gonna say I don't really count Sonic much anymore. <laughs> Yakuza, which is crushing it. Did they make? No, they didn't make Persona Five, or they just probably published it. No, what the hell? Atlas, which is probably published to them. Sega usually publishes a few Atlas games. Okay, yeah. So I mean, I don't, I don't think Sega really has the clout that anyone's dying to get them. No, but it would be it would be a decent sale, and it would make perfect sense in their in their portfolio anyway. Look, look, let's just go crazy. Nintendo buys Sega, and the in the in the Trinity is finally complete. Honestly, it's something to, it's something to think about. Like, I mean, it's the only way Persona Five is ever going to get on the Switch. Sorry, Switch owners, but you you know it's true. My my thought is though is that as these third parties dry up, like it's going to be harder and harder. Like Nintendo might actually think that they might need to start getting some first parties because as the third party well dries up, they're going to have fewer and fewer games coming. Why out they could, they can just sell the same three games for eighty dollars and not care? <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, next, Square Enix. And like I said, I, I think that you if, it's, if it's not Capcom, Square... it's going to be it's going to be Square. Is it Square Enix or Enix? How do you it's pronounce Enix. it? Yeah, that's what I would think. I think it's Square I think Enix. we pronounce it Enix. But I think, again, it's one of those cases where, you know, in, in Japan, it's Enix. But don't yeah. quote me. Well, I thought the two were like like amount like it's an amount. They, they, yeah, they used to be two different things. There was Squaresoft and there was Enix because yeah, Enix so, used yes. to do Star Ocean Square. Squaresoft used to do uh, Final Fantasy and Chrono. To Square Enix, yeah. This I think would be once again a battleground. I think this is one that Sony and Microsoft w- both want in their wheelhouse. If anything, the the crazy scenario is they split the company off. So like yeah. the Western properties maybe go to Microsoft, the Japanese properties go to Sony. Like who knows? There could even be this weird split. Yeah. Where like the this Japan is what I think teams that- be like for all we know. Square Enix, they take the Western developers and it just becomes some other name. And then Square Enix, the actual, like, what we remember them for, which is Final Fantasy specifically, stays Dragon with, like, Quest. Sony and, and, yeah, and Dragon Quest. Like, the Japan division just ends up getting split. Like, who knows? There's so many weird avenues with this company, too, because they, they really do, like, make every kind of game that there is in some aspect because they're all over the world. Like, they're I a truly is, worldwide company. They are, yeah. I think people underestimate how big and how you know prolific they are throughout the world i think square enix once again if i were to guess i think sony's gonna go i think sony has the benefit that it is a little bit easier that they are another japanese company um you know a lot of their franchises kind of lean towards them you know you've got a lot of final fantasy there there is still um, a major relationship too with them and sony because sony brought them over after just nintendo screwed them so hard with final fantasy so so i i would say I'd say Square Enix. It's probably a long shot. It's not as it's not as locked down as I'd say like CD Projekt Red, but I think this would probably go to Sony. Yeah. And this once again might be like like it is with Bungie, where hey, you know, do your own thing, but we own you. Yeah. Uh, Take Two Interactive. 
Do you think this one gets sold and who takes it? I can't imagine it, but I mean, if it was going to go anywhere, it would be Microsoft for sure. But at yeah. this point, I don't know if Microsoft really wants to get the FTC any more suspicious. So this might be a, no one's touching this one because they, they might be way too big for this one. I can see not EA to mention take two has been buying stuff. So that's true. They just bought Zynga. Did they not? Yes. Yeah. So I can see them sort of being like an EA situation where they just become powerhouses. Yeah, I think I think by the end of this, like if anything, it's going to be Microsoft, Sony, EA, Take Two, <laughs> and then we'll see what happens with the rest. Well, that you left one out conspicuously, Ubisoft. What is Ubisoft's future? I, I Ubisoft eventually is either going to fall under the pressure of like ownership is they haven't fixed a fucking problem since they said they were going to. Those mm-hmm. stories do not go away. Surprise! I'm so surprised, Eves, that you've totally didn't do anything, and you're so shocked that like it's still getting reported on, but. It's still a shit show over there. It's becoming, I mean, as soon as the Activision stuff cools down, if Ubisoft hasn't remotely cleaned their shit, they're going to be back in the exact same fire stoking that they were in at the beginning of their debacle. So they'll probably be back in the situation of, oh, crap, should we just offload this so it's not my problem anymore? No, because, like, they've constantly talked about wanting to be a independent studio, so... I don't know. Like, I think this is one they'll fight. I think these will be sure Bobby Kotick wanted to continue to be an independent studio, but you know, he kind of got his hand pulled a bit. Yeah. I don't know. I I'm eager to like, I'm curious to see where this one ends up. I'm not going to give a guess on either. Cause I, I I'm kind of in the same boat as you of being like, I don't think they're going to want to go anywhere anytime soon. I don't think they're going to be part of this arms race. I think this is still like a, if it, if it does happen, this is, three plus three to five plus years like down the road before this is even like a consideration yeah and and to be honest like i don't see their properties lighting the world on fire like assassin's creed i would say is probably their their biggest franchise and i'm gonna straight up one- say like i think assassin's creed really either needs to to die or it needs to take a really big hiatus because i think they've they've kind of maxed it oh. out Oh yeah, but what I'm saying is, of their franchises, I think that's like their their most popular one. And are we and sitting here talking is, about it so amazingly? No, no not no. particularly. Like Valhalla keeps getting expansions, and nobody's talking about one because it's just way too big of a game. But like Watch Dogs doesn't set the world on fire. Rainbow Siege maybe, but like that's a dedicated. It's but an small esports community. thing, though. It's not. It's yeah. not really like a big system seller. Division, I guess. Like I mean, Riders All Republic the... apparently is a lot of fun, but I don't think it's getting a lot of traction. Yeah. All right, so let's go into some of the smaller gems that you listed here. Adam chose this list, not me, so go after him. Uh, Arc System Works. Yep, Blaze Blue, Guilty Gear, guys. That is a Sony opportunity right there if they really want to just have like, okay, we own the best fighting games. Like, that would be their thing here. It's like, look, you guys want to deal with Mortal Kombat and stuff, fine, but you want the best technical fighters, you come to us. Like, that That would be a pretty nice get for the for the fighting game community. Which, yeah, which, is, pre- which is pretty niche and pretty... Uh, they're pretty loyal. So if, if you put something in, in that direction and you keep it to and you keep it close to your chest, they'll and you do a good job with it, like Arc Systems Works really doesn't do much wrong. If you let these guys just flourish, but they're under your banner, like you you win some pretty good goodwill with uh with that specific crowd. Yeah, and and didn't Sony invest into like, I think you actually evolution? you know what? I remember that. Yeah, I think you're yeah. right. Yeah. So like that would kind of go hand in hand with, you know, those fighting games. And I mean, you can you can give them some fun licenses because I mean they've already done it with Persona, they did it with uh, Grand Blue Fantasy. Like you could give them something silly and just be like, "Hey guys, 
Go make go make some crazy 2D PlayStation All-Stars. Let's go. Damn it, I was gonna say PlayStation All-Stars too. And it'll um, actually be good. Yeah. Uh next one we have uh Behavior Interactive, best known for Dead by Daylight. That one I just kind of put there as like a like a small, like really hidden gem one that I think not a lot of people would talk about. It'd be a great one for Microsoft to take a stab at, because again, pretty small time. It's it's a pretty good one to have sit there on Game Pass and just have it like here, this is always gonna be on Game Pass. So, you know, it's free to play. You go and you get your booster packs or you, or you get you do your microtransactions there. And it's a pretty fun little multiplayer game. And who knows what they can do with their next property. I think that was just like a small one that I kind of threw in there. Just be like, hey, you know, this this could be a nice little pickup for for next to nothing. Yeah, um, I agree with you. Next, I mean, Jackbox Games. I, I, mean, I thought that would, like when I, f- I forgot that these guys were even a thing because you don't think about it because they're not truly no. like game makers. But like, man, I'm not going to lie. If that was on Game Pass, I'd be so happy. That's a really cool thing to have sitting on Game Pass. Yeah. Like, instead I, of having to worry about making sure you've paid for all these games. Now you just like, oh, yeah, I have this streaming service. Boom. Here, let's go play some party games. Yeah, I think it makes sense for Microsoft. But at the same point, it's it probably makes hard. more sense for them to just be available everywhere anyway. <laughs> Well, not only that, but like, does it move the needle? Is anyone going to be like, oh, hell yeah, like Jackbox, like, let's go. The other thing, too, is it really that unique of a system? And I'm not knocking Jackbox. Like, it's pretty easy to kind of like just get a developer and be like, hey, make like a make a. a, a I mean, people have tried, but nobody's done what they've done. Sony, I think Sony had a couple of attempts at doing those kind of games. Like there was That's You and there oh, was that's another you one. Oh, That's You is dope, man. Did you ever play that game? Yeah, but does nobody does nobody even remember what it is? Not really. That is a staple at my family. There, there's like, there's a game together. that I got that I actually really like called called User Words. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows what that is anymore. Like Jackbox is the one that everybody knows of. So I mean, it's something there just to have as like a fun little bonus thing. But like, again, I don't like I just put it there because I thought it was an interesting one. But there's some of these that I put on this list that I'm like, eh, it's probably not really anything either is going to look at. But hey, it'd be an interesting one. I should have vetted this list more before we started talking about this. This is all just full of like your JRPG. It is. OK, OK. The next one <laughs> is specifically for me. OK, you can you can <laughs> complain all you want. Nihon Falcom, the Legend of Heroes, the Trails of Cold Steel guys. Look, I just want it to be guaranteed on my console. That's all I want. That's why it's on my list. Fair enough. I'll let you have that one. Uh, next is Quantum Dream. I think, or sorry, not Quantum, Quantic Dream. This one, I think, goes to Sony. Well, it would make sense. They've already made several games specifically for their consoles. So, But you know what? This is also a great time. Like, once again, this is one of those companies that's like, not having a particularly great time right now. It would also be really funny because now they could say, hey, we own a Star Wars game. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Personally, um, I don't want them to because I don't particularly like David Cage very much, but I it would make again, sense. Though, once again, you buy and you boot them out, like Well, no, no, no. It's I don't particularly like like the vision that company's done. Like I haven't particularly been too big on most of their games. Like Beyond Two Souls was fine, Heavy Rain was fine. Like most of them I'm like indifferent on. So for me personally it doesn't it doesn't move the needle, but I guess for a certain crowd it does. Yeah, I I've my experience has been pretty much um just with what's the robot one? Oh, Detroit. Um, Detroit become human. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the one that I I've, I've played and it's good. Like it's it's a very niche game. Like it's not like. I, I like it's accessible in the fact that it's not hard to play, but I mean, you give the, you know what? Play. Give these guys an uncharted story game. Yeah. Or last of us. Last of us would do really well. You could do Apparently some really the, uh, interesting stuff with that, actually. 
I think they were, I think I read that the Quantic Dreams Star Wars game is actually being inspired by The Last of Us. So well, there you go. Whatever the hell that means. Yeah, you know, I guess now that I think about it more, maybe mixing it with properties they have would be a decent idea. Yeah. Uh, next on the list was Remedy. Now, technically, so. they have a minor ownership from Tencent. I think it's like 3.8% or something. But I mean, like, nah, it's pretty easy to throw Tencent, you know, whatever money it took for that and just be like, uh, you guys go away. Yeah. Yeah, I can see this one. I'm just taking a quick look. The control guys, can... obviously, Alan Wake soon. This would be a this would be a pretty good Microsoft pickup. Control this feels is like a Microsoft, like a, game a Microsoft pass one. Game. Ironically enough, Control is about to go off Game Pass. So, what did not, not that that means anything. It's just interesting. It's just coincidental. Yeah. No, I'm just looking like like you said, Alan Wake is on there. Control Alan Wake on, was an Xbox game too. So yeah, same with Quantum Break. Yeah. So like, it's one of those ones where kind of like Square Enix, where they've already got one foot in the door. So yeah, you're just picking the leader at this point. Last on the list is Supergiant Games. That being Hades, that being Bastion, uh, Pyre, and there's one more, Transistor, I think, is the last one. Yeah, Bastion, Transistor, Pyre, Hades. I threw yeah. that one in there because, quite frankly, that's probably the biggest indie studio out there. Yeah. Um, yeah, we didn't have Devolver. Where's Devolver on this list? I didn't like, put uh, Devolver in there because I don't think Devolver would because Devolver seems to just be like, they're the indie, like... The EA, indie publisher. I guess, is the weird way, I guess, of putting them. Like, they're the indie EA. Like, yeah, no, I Same I, with, like, Team 17, where it's similar, where they just have a lot of companies under their... Or, wait, is Team 17 mm. devolved? I can't remember. It's it's all a blur at this point. But, yeah, yeah. I, I left Evolver out of it because I'm like, nah, I don't think, they, I don't think they'd be for sale. Yeah, I, I'd i say, like, Supergiant might go to Devolver, but, like, do you, I don't know. I don't think that's, like, Devolver's MO of, like... They don't they don't buy stuff. No. And I don't even really know who I'd lean in either direction between Microsoft and Sony if one was to take them. Wasn't Transistor a PlayStation exclusive? Yeah, I maybe, but I think Bastion might have also been an Xbox exclusive. Like oh, yeah. it's kind of murky. So I, I don't a, pick a side, super giant. <laughs> Either way, like yeah. I, I thought that was an interesting one because I mean obviously Hades was a game of the year nominee um in some cases a game of the year winner for that matter so i mean oh, you're picking good. you're picking yeah. the king of the indies right now i mean you got to put that name in there uh, if i, I if i had uh, to pick one over the other i think microsoft would probably be the better fit for them but i don't think it's by much see i don't know i think it might go a little bit more towards sony um well the reason i say microsoft is because i think microsoft is in a little bit more need of something that's a little more indie niche than than sony does because yeah. sony has like a lot more stuff in that direction already you're totally right i think um and, and it's for that reason that i said it'd go to to sony and that sony does kind of cater a little bit more to those somewhat more artsy games not to say xbox doesn't but just generally like they kind of push them a little bit more um yeah uh i i, I totally agree with you in terms of uh that list in terms of where it goes just um, mostly just buy neon falcon because i don't want to have to worry about what what console and the rest of the legend of hero games are please i don't want to have to start thinking about that Sony, if you need some help, Adam will willingly send you $20 to help with the cause. I will send you 25 okay? That, that's my final <laughs> offer. Whoa. Whoa, did you hear that? Well, uh, un wanna, until I... we get that $6,900 check in the mail for whatever company is buying us, I can only give so much. That's true. That's true. Um, 
I want to circle back just real quick because I was I was listening to one of our older episodes and we did our game of the year. I put uh, Bug Snacks as a game of the year, which was 2020. I'm going to move that out of the spot and I'm going to give it to Hades because Hades was primo. And I'm yes, I know Hades was also an older game, but I'm giving it because I played the remaster for PS5. Not to mention, um, none of us play games in the same year usually. So uh, you got to give us a break here. I had to use Final Fantasy Remake Integrate as one of my things because I had (laughs) almost no games from last year. So fair enough. Uh, speaking of games that we did play last year, uh, we're going to come to you guys with a, another untimely review. This one that we should have done two weeks ago, but everything it's was a against busy us. schedule. It's a busy schedule. Uh, so, ladies and gentlemen, as you know, uh, Adam and I, we review games on our own dime and on our own time. So we bring you games as we play them, making them untimely reviews. Like I said, this one's a two parter in the sense that Adam and I actually played a game uh, at the same time and that we both completed and finished relatively in the same period of time as well so we could both kind of give you uh a review on that and that is going to be for guardians of the galaxy adam uh do we want to do the spoilers no we don't do spoilers on this no. right okay no, we cool. have we avoid that so also the game's way too new for that yeah so let's uh let's kind of just throw it out there real quick what what do you think of the game overall yes like good bad overall what do you think well if we were doing our our top three or top five or whatever we did, it would definitely be in there of all the games that I play. Like if I had finished this game just before that we did that show, cause I didn't, it didn't take much longer after we did that. We recorded that episode that I finished it. Mm-hmm. Actually, I'm trying to think I might've finished this game literally at the beginning of this year. So yeah, it, it was, I think, it was, you, I think you was. Yeah. I think you finished over Christmas. Yeah. Like that, that was like my big holiday thing when I had so much time off. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I loved a lot about this game. Um, and I knew going in, like, I really liked the feel of it. I thought they nailed the, uh, the vibe that Guardians of the Galaxy has always had. It was very lighthearted. It got serious when it needed to, but, like, the game really just felt like a fun, like, just run through a story. It didn't feel like, okay, well, here's the part where it gets really boring, or here's the part where you're just going through and collecting stuff and trying to do all this running around to get certain things done. This was just, okay, here's this level. Okay, here's this level. Okay, here's some story in between that level. Time for the next one. Like, it just, it was a very linear run. There wasn't, like, some crazy open world element to it. It just did a great job of being, like, I guess, like, sort of space uncharted in a way. Yeah, for me, I'm going to put it as it's a good budget game kind of thing. Uh, I'm going to say it's okay with an asterisk. So we can kind of get into this a little bit more, but... I was a little bit on the opposite. I felt that it was lackluster in terms of, you know, the gameplay and stuff. It got very repetitive, very formulaic. Um, Oh, 100%. I'll say straight up. The gameplay was like C at best, but the story was what carried it for me. So let, let, we'll we'll get into that in a second. But yeah, for me, it's just, there are certain aspects that carried it that made it really good. And I really like it, but there are also aspects that if it didn't have that one or two key points would have just made this a, mediocre game at best and so for me and we can kind of get into it let's kind of quickly talk about um we'll start first with like the characters and stuff so for me i loved the characters i really liked the banter i liked the communication between the team i really like the design of the characters like i you know for the most part like i'm not a big fan of dave batista as um what the heck oh my drax Drax, yeah um and, and those kind of and 
for me, like Gamora was kind of lame in, in the movies, but like in this one, I actually really liked them. I never changed the character skins. I really liked it. I liked the banter. I felt at some points like Rocket became a bit too much of a jerk. Like I was like, come on, like he got a little annoying. But for the most part, I love the banter. I love the dialogue. I like the writing in there. And I think that is the best part of the game and kind of elevates it that I would recommend someone to play it. What about you? Yeah, I would probably agree that Gamora I thought was really good in this. I think Drax between like the film and the and the game are probably about even for me for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Groot, you can't really say anything in general because again, it's three lines of dialogue. It's not much to do. Mm-hmm. I like Star Wars a bit in this, but I still would put Chris Pratt above that. And then as for Rocket, yeah, yeah, I kind of agree with the two that. They made Rocket a bit too much of a of an asshole. Like, and I know that's kind of his character, but at some point too, he's usually, you know, you got to give him those funny. redeeming those redeeming moments yeah, to kind of bring it, it back. I mean, they did sort of towards the end, but it just it didn't feel nearly as good. It felt more like a spiteful one. Well, it, it just it, it was a constant, right? I think one of the things that the movie does really well is that he's a he's a jerk, he's a dick, but then he has moments where he's funny. He's like you like him. There's a long stretch of this where he's just a dick and nothing it doesn't get better he doesn't redeem himself at all um i would say that he was generally like one of the weaker characters just in the sense of just the pacing of how they did his his personality i i thought that star lord was good but yeah chris pratt just we're burying the lead though the clear winner of the of this game was mantis mantis is so funny in this game right Right, I really like Mantis. In this I, game as well. after playing this game, I went okay. I still like Mantis in the movies, but oh, this Mantis is so good. No, I prefer this Mantis. Yeah, that's what that's what I mean. Like, man, I do, I do like the film one, but oh my god, she, she absolutely kills it in this game. I was sitting there being so like, man, I now now I want like a second game of this with her permanently in the party because it's so yeah. fun. Or the other, we're not gonna spoil it, but the other Guardian of the Galaxy peak performance the one that you get at the very beginning yes yeah yeah just essential net to the whole crew yeah um, I, I, I like i like actually well there's there's technically two i could pull in now because there's another character that's that's specifically for from this game that i really liked a lot and think they can do a lot with with her now that the uh the first game is in the books so yeah that's true i i, I think there's there's some real good things and like like i said the story was very well told and okay and and the and well, again, like the camaraderie, like it really did feel like a Marvel film in a game because like there's a lot of banter. There's a lot of jokes. There's a lot of referencing here and there. You know, it did get serious when it needed to. There was some sad moments in there. And then there's also the moments where like it's just crazy action, lots of set pieces. Like I feel like they did pretty much like the best job you could in terms of how they presented a story and how they presented like the set pieces in a, in a video game that they could from like an MCU kind of setback. But like we said, the gameplay, eh, the gameplay uh, definitely. Sorry, was before we get into the things. gameplay, I, I'm going to stick with the story just because I had a, a different opinion in terms of um, the story for me. Like I felt the story was kind of it was OK. Like I, towards the end, I stopped caring. I didn't really. It, it had that same sort of Marvel, you know, trope kind of feel to it. And it kind of I felt like it wasn't super enthralling in terms of well you are the person sort of burnt out on the movie so that's not surprising 100 yeah take that as you will like i i I am currently re-watching all the movies in the tv series so i am still in that like oh this is still so good so awesome so yeah to me it worked out perfectly and like even some of this even some of like the really minor stories they brought into like the the big um 
uh, the big dragon that you fight, Fing Fang yes. Foom, like that little yeah. bit that they like it was constantly referenced throughout the game. That's not a spoiler. Like it's it's lore in Guardians of the Galaxy. It's not like that yeah. shocking that Fing Fang Foom would be in there. But like almost feeling like this thing that you were eventually gonna get to and you finally get to that point as the game progresses. And even just that little section is so well done. Like I thought oh, they yeah. did a really good job of setting it up rather than it just being like, oh, this thing shows up. No, it's like it led banter. to it for a while. It you you and really worked your way to it. of just like as you're going like as you're getting to that point, like is great. Uh, one character that we didn't talk about going back to the character banter, and I guess this really is the story was Cosmo. Cosmo was hilarious in this game. And I, I, and I literally just finished uh, Guardians of the Galaxy a couple days ago, and, and Cosmo is sort of in 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 the in the movie. And the <laughs> second I saw him, like. No, I need dialogue. Don't just show me dog. Yeah, no, Cosmo plays a significant role in this game and he just He is best boy. Steals the show. Yeah, Sorry. he is best boy. He, he is best boy. He is best boy. Yeah, it's great. Honestly, he's one of the best parts of that game. The, uh, the, the one I, I want to make a small complaint. Mm-hmm. The costumes suck. You think so? Yeah, I pretty much ended up sticking with either the film outfits because there's like maybe 10 outfits. I either did the film ones or the originals. Like I really didn't oh. attach to much else. Yeah, I, I sorry. I thought you meant like the original designs. I like the original designs. But oh, yeah, I never I even touched Star Lord. Like the the jacket that he has of the Star. I'm like, nope, this is perfect. I love it. Oh I'm, yeah, I'm not. It's even better him. than the movie. I think. Yes, one hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, getting into the meat and potatoes of it, because what you're going to be doing here is playing a video game. Gameplay. Where do you fall on this? <sighs> you know how like. Everybody says, man, Life is Strange would be really good if it just had like a little bit more involving gameplay. Yeah, this is what this is. And it kind of shows you why if, you, if you're if you going to do a game that has a lot of story and an emphasis on that, stick to that. And if you're going to have a game that's like a lot more on gameplay, maybe concentrate a little bit more on that. Because um, I should not play a game on the story difficulty and still get mad at the gameplay because it's its mechanics are not making that much sense yeah for me i i'm with you like i felt the mechanics like it's fine it's a competent system i didn't find that it was like too difficult and that i was dying a lot or anything like that or it was cheap moves but like yeah i got to the point where i was just kind of doing my own thing and every now and then just spamming the same attacks like i didn't really i couldn't tell you the difference between drax or gamora's attacks yeah you get four different abilities for them but realistically by the time that you you know get like Upgrade halfway the through the game stuff. you have two attacks so you know exactly what you want to use them and what for you don't even really mm-hmm. think about the other ones when they get to yeah. that point i would have rather they almost did it where you could swap between the characters and like have four or five different play styles yeah versus the being star lord and commanding everyone because i mean realistically what ha- like what do you end up doing is okay i need somebody to take the guy's shields down drax you're in oh i need mm-hmm. somebody to hold him in place groot you're in oh rocket i need like like massive like dps for like a bunch of characters okay throw a grenade oh i just need this one prick taken out gamora go and they have like attacks that do other things but realistically you're not using it no you're not doing it like that's already varying you know and how much you use them and then just star lord himself it's not very snappy and to be completely honest like they tried to do a little too much with his guns to the point that it's like okay you need him for all these elemental damages as the course of the game goes on. You also have, you know, a cooldown. But if you cool down at this perfect moment, you get to go and it gives you extra damage. And in fact, there are things you have to shoot off by doing that perfect timing. And it's just like, there's too much going on, even for such a, like a little bit of gameplay. Like it's it's complex and then not at the same time. 
I, I felt that the gun, the, the, the gun shooting, like didn't really, like, I didn't feel like it had impacts as well. Like I would, yeah, it doesn't go feel, shoot- it doesn't feel like you're doing any damage with it. Yeah, like you're kind of like almost having to do one full unload onto a guy to kill him or one and a half. It feels more like, like, I mean, I guess Starlord really isn't like supposed to be the most powerful character in the group, but it really does feel like you're like a schmuck with a nerf gun and everybody else is mm -hmm. doing the actual work. Because most of the damage you do in the game is going to come from, you know, your party party. members. And in fact, like anybody watching the video stream right now is going to see that it's showing you the huddle mechanic, which... Would be a great mechanic if I didn't fail it eighty percent of the time because there's wait you a, failed it I failed it a lot really yes. see I had the opposite effect I was just like I felt like yeah this was just obvious like what the choices were I to me it it was one of those things where it's like man I I'd rather they just did a speech because like see I it's I to, to me it felt like it was a fifty fifty chance of you getting a bonus for everybody or just a bonus for yourself and I felt like that just wasn't great. Because, look, it might have been obvious for you, but the fact that it wasn't obvious for me tells me that they didn't do the best job of clarifying. Yeah. See, I felt like it was just... It was the opposite experience, but I just... I hated the huddle just because I felt, one, it didn't really accomplish that much other than just giving me a healing boost, but I don't know, that sort of moment where you're in this weird blue room and everyone comes, and, like, they have these dead-eyed yeah, you have stares, this, like, and just like... You have this, this, you know, like, two-minute conversation where, like, apparently the enemies are just not touching you. Yeah. And also, like, look, just like the way I, lo- look, I like- love the music in the game because, believe me, this, this is one of the best soundtracks ever. Some Because I don't think there's a specific song they put in each battle when you huddle. I think it's no. just randomized. And sometimes they do not fit. Oh, I had like one. Yeah, I had a couple where it was like, don't worry, be happy. Um, I had that in the final boss. It was weird. Yeah, like, right. It does like and I kind of get the, the gimmick. It's supposed to be like, look, I wish you could choose because then I would just Rick Astley every single one. <laughs> I got Rick Astley at one point, too. So like, but in, um, all, in all, honestly, in all honesty, if they were going to pick a random song to go in these, I'd rather they just take a couple of the Star Lord songs, because by the way, that is the best thing about this game. That right? band so, that they made up, I've listened to that band way too much since I finished right? this game. Star Lord is such a good band now. I I'm could break like, out I, my guitar right now and play Ghost for you guys. Right? It that this is. I was going to wrap up on, on the gameplay. Like, yeah, the, the huddle kind of sucks, and it like. I, at one point I got like the jitterbug and it just does take you out of that thing where you're like having this epic moment. You're like, yeah, let's get out. Let's get some awesome music. And like, I, at one point had like Motley Crue kickstart my heart. I had um like Iron Maiden. I'm like, hell yeah, this feels awesome. And then sometimes oh, it's like, yeah, the, the jitterbug, the, um, the plane, like the, the <laughs> dog fight one. And when Eagles dare is playing. Yeah. So good. Right. I, I legit like as soon as I started playing it, I paused, messaged my girlfriend and said, I think I just played the best dogfight like level ever in a video game because they put Maiden Other than next the dog to fight it. mechanics suck. Yeah, but I don't care because Maiden was playing. I didn't right? I didn't pay attention to it. I was too busy shooting stuff down with Bruce Dickinson just screaming into my ears. It was great. Right. I'm with you. And, and that's going back. Yeah. The, the soundtrack is with the exception of some weird choices and like timing and stuff. I think that was an issue, but amazing soundtrack. And so if you guys don't know. I looked this up because I was like, these guys, are these guys like a real band? And no, apparently they just got some guys together and said, hey, can you make a fake band and make a fake album? And it was awesome. I legit, they're like, all the first opening bangers. There's not right? a bad song on this album. I legitimately for the first little while, like, because there's that one point you're like in your room listening to it. I just chilled out and I just listened. I, I, I went, I, I think four songs that- in before I finally went up. 
I ha- I had the sleeve like I had the the album sleeve there, and I was just reading the lyrics as it was going. I'm like, I have never done this in a video game. It is so good. Yeah, it it was so, incredible. I'll, yeah. I'll even pull then, up that like, scene in the video version just just because we're talking about it so much now, and I feel like I need to show it anyway. Just the amount of the amount of licensing that they got for this, like I can't imagine what the legal team had to go through, but it's amazing the amount of like music and references, and it's yeah, that's one of the best parts. So overall, for me, like I'd say this game came out and then it deeply got discounted to I think like 30 bucks here in Canada. And I feel like that 30, $40 price range is that sweet spot. This is not I a bad love the game. fact that it didn't cost me that much. Yep. Yeah. This is, this is, I think like that's a sweet spot for this game. This is not a bad game. Um, this is a game that has some really good dialogue, some really good writing uh, and some like some really good elements, but it also has, it's a, it's a thing of highs and lows. The stuff it does really well, it does really well. And the stuff it doesn't do well, it you really feel it and i think you know if you're interested in this game going in at a 30 dollar price point is probably that that sweet spot for me so for me i'd give this game a solid seven yeah like when i really take everything together like if i was putting it like comp- like in compartments like if i was just talking about like anything not doing a good gameplay this is like a solid eight or a nine for me but because mm-hmm. the gameplay is just Man, I trudged through some stuff, and I, I've i never been that upset playing a game. Like, I had to drop it once because I was getting so annoyed at certain enemy types. There's a couple enemy types that are way too difficult to kill because, like, the idea is, well, you got to trap them, then you got to knock their armor out. But if you if you don't finish off their health bar in X amount of time, they're going to get that armor back, and you got to do the whole process again. Oh, yeah, those guys are, like, there's certain There's certain enemies that I'm like, okay, you needed a better way of doing it. Mm-hmm. or you know here's an idea maybe don't overcomplicate your battle system because let's be honest mm-hmm. like it was kind of shit to begin with yeah well like, if, the... if i put all that stuff together like it's a really solid seven like you said like yeah. it's definitely like i would still put it higher on my like on my top like x list because i love it but as a critical eye it's a seven but like the non-critical eye puts it on like a nine i love the game for what it was but like mm-hmm. You know, if if I actually sit down and tell you, like, no, there's way too many things that I can pick at to to make it anything less than like a or anything more than a seven, I think. One thing that I didn't mention that I kind of feel like I should is is the optimization of this game. And I feel like this game was poorly optimized. I had several times where like I'd get stuck and I'd have to stop and replay like repeat or restart. Um, I had a bunch of times where like the game crashed or didn't move on to the next section. So like it was a little buggy for me. And then I was playing on um performance mode so the 60 i think it's like 60 fps like target or whatever mm-hmm. and i'm like this game feels janky as it is like with with going into performance mode so i'm like is it set up and it was and i'm like okay well what does it look like if i go into like resolution or ray tracing whoa like did you ever did you ever switch out of the performance mode uh i i think i'm just in the habit now of like i take a look to see if it looks that much different and to me it never does so i just stick to performance because i want to see the frame rate be better Oh, the frame rate drops like it stutters when you go out of that. So it was just like it's clearly not 100 percent optimized. So, yeah, awesome. So that's our review of. Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, Adam, let's wrap up the show, as always, with trophy stumpers. So, as you know, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I come to Adam with a game. I give him 10 trophies. He has 10. He gets three guesses to guess what the game is. And if he does. Great. Adam, are you ready to go this week? No. Okay. Thanks for coming. Uh, it's been a great show, everybody. Adam, <laughs> you don't have a choice. All right, Adam, let's get going. I'm just loading up the document here. First clue. 
such a big fan. Okay. Next, supercomputer. Okay. Okay. Um, cool hoarder. Hmm. Adam, I'm going to change the rules real quick. I'm going to make it that we're going to do every three, you get a guess, and then you get one guess at the end. So three clues. What do you got? Well, I have no guesses. So. Okay, fantastic. Round two. Uh, charted. Oh, that's going to really screw with me now. Jason. Charted. Oh, my God. What was it? Sorry. Next one is Jason. Jason. Yeah. Okay. Third one is Adequate Boy. Oh my god. So, such a big fan. Supercomputer. Cool Hoarder. Charted. Jason. Adequate Boy. What are you thinking? I still have no guesses. No guesses yet. No. Okay. All right. For the players. <sighs> Twisting metal. Okay. And you've only done everything. All right, I'm starting to get a sense. What do you what's going on in your head? I want I want that last trophy. I don't have a guess, but I, if if the one more trophy gives me a connection, then I can Definitely hammered, or else it's going to be the only guess I have anyway, so I might as well wait for the last one. Greatness awaits. Okay. Now that you said charted and one other one that I've already forgotten that definitely reminded me of an... Oh, I'll Twisted, I'll twisted Metal? The, no, no, no. No, now I remember. So the charted and the Twisted Metal or whatever one. Mm-hmm. I'm starting to get a sense here that this is like a... kind of um, homage, sort of. Okay. So let me repeat the clues for you. Such a big fan. And I'm just going to go down the order I have. So such a big fan. Supercomputer. Cool hoarder. Okay, no, you can you can stop there. I can I now know. Now now what it's making it? sense now that I have it in my head. It's Astro's Playroom, isn't it? It is Astro's Playroom, sir. Now <laughs> it makes more sense. As soon as I heard charted, I'm like, "What?" And then Twisted Metal, I'm like, "Okay, this is two Sony things. What the hell is possibly matching here?" Well, and so I'm like, "Wait, adequate, is it Astros?" And then as soon as you did the first three, I'm like, "Oh, the levels are all like based on the hardware." Yeah, yeah. So like, because like that game has so many homages. Like even the trophies, like Adequate Boys Got Award, Jason is uh, oh heavy yeah, rain. Twisting oh, Metal, the Heavy Rain metal. one I wouldn't have gotten. Cool Hoarder, rip off of Cool Border. That that's uh, where charted. my brain was going too, actually. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of them. It's it's that's a fantastic game. Yeah. And such a fun platinum. It, it is a must play if you own a PS5. In fact, it almost has to be because it's literally staring at you in the face when you open it. I think that is still the best Sony PS5 exclusive. Like if I said, like, you got your brand new PlayStation, what should you start with? Astros Playroom is what to start with. All right, let's let's test that list of PS5 exclusives right now. Let's see. Let's see what we can what we can throw in there. Between everything on that list, ooh, that is, you know what? You might have it because, I mean, realistically, I could I could sort of say like, well, I mean, Remake Intergrade was for a while a PS5 exclusive, but now it's not anymore. I haven't played Returnal that. yet. I haven't played Rift Apart yet. Destruction All-Stars is definitely not that. I haven't played Demon's Souls yet. 
and Spider-Man Remastered doesn't really count. So yeah, you know what? That's probably accurate to say it's the best exclusive on PS5 right now. And it's also a great showcase of what that console does. And it's totally designed to be that way, but it is primo. So, all right. Well, that, we're going to wrap it up there. Ladies and gentlemen, if you guys have been enjoying the show, we greatly appreciate it. If it's your first time watching, thank you so much. We hope it was good for you. Certainly good for us. If you are one of our regulars, thank you so much for sticking around. Hey, if you made it this far into the video, why don't you like or subscribe? Uh, if you're listening to us on a podcast, leave us a review. We would greatly appreciate that. As always, if you leave a review, we will give you guys a shout out uh, on the podcast. If you want to be part of the conversation, like so many of our fans are, you could join us on our Discord. You can reach out to us on social media by searching Pixel Play Cast. Um, yeah, and if you want to email us questions, you can always email us at pixelplaypodcast at gmail.com. I have been your host, Kalen, aka Catastrophe, joined as always by my co host, Adam CS Radical. How about we do this again next week? Same time, same place? I'll think about good it. to me. All right. Talk to you later, guys. Bye for now.